0: Okay, with uh, Samuel Steiner uh, Riley, "Wild Territory" is a short film played at the Science and Nature Film Festival. What a nicely photographed film! Got some amazing footage. I'm so curious about this project because you're you shot you shot in Australia, correct? That's correct. But you're American, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm American.
0: And this was a student project.
1: It wasn't actually. I okay,
0: uh... says on, on film freeway. That was a student film.
1: Oh, did it? Yeah, well, I was doing it under a, um, under the sort. So basically, I had gotten into um, a master's program in natural history filmmaking in New Zealand. And I wasn't able to attend because of COVID. And so I had a mentor through there. And I was still technically enrolled in the program. But I was not ever able to actually go to the school. So I ended up sort of teaching myself the ropes and um and yeah making the film all on my own so did you have
0: to pay for pay for that or no like uh i'm just curious about how that worked
1: pay to make the film
0: no pay to go to that school like pay to have the mentor
1: no no i did not actually okay. so basically what happened is i applied and then i i had to defer um it turned out two times in a row uh, because New Zealand just wasn't opening its borders, gotcha. but um, but I just had a good relationship with the with the director of the program there, and I actually made one film prior to this one, which was a short film, and her nonprofit actually sponsored that film. Okay, and so I was able to, um, so that was how I sourced my funding, and so we built a relationship that way. And so she just sort of helped me out with questions that I had along the way, but she was based in New Zealand. I was based in Australia. So we didn't have that much contact.
0: So it's deferred, but are you going to go, are you are you ever going to go to that school or you've already kind of moved on from it?
1: Yeah, no, I, I would love to have gone. Um, a lot changed in my life in the couple of years during COVID. And so whilst I planned to do it for a long time, by the time I deferred or by the time we got to the third year of potentially deferring again, I was in a situation where, I mean, I had already made two two films um, and sort of my my career in that sense was starting to evolve a little bit. Um, but additionally, I was working on my residency in Australia, and so there was issues with like the amount of time that I could actually spend out of the country. Um, so it, it was a little bit complicated.
0: but right, so, I, yeah,
1: so not planning on going anymore.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, well, yeah. I think you don't need. <laughs> this doesn't seem like you need to, right? So. But it's 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 great that you got you're able to get in. It's just like once in a literally once in a lifetime situation that it was kind of the wrong time, wrong moment for you, I guess, right? Totally,
1: yeah. And it was totally what kicked me off. I mean, the good thing about it is it is what kicked off my or inspired me to get into it. Yeah, because at the time when COVID hit, I was actually working in another industry. Um, I was working as a guide on expedition, small ship expedition ships that went all over the place. And, um, and I was working as a ornithology lecture, but, um, then when COVID hit that whole industry shut down and I wasn't sure exactly where to go next. And that was when I found the film program, which is really what got me inspired and, uh, interested in making my own films. Well this film's
0: pretty great and uh so I'm so curious about the making of it like it's like you got some amazing obviously, I'm sure you've been told this a thousand times you got some amazing footage and you're following around um two photographers like basically during what they're I guess their their agenda is to is to capture wildlife, I guess, right and you're following them on what they're doing they're doing their job
1: yeah that that's right I so essentially. What happened is I, Etienne and I had actually been planning a, a road trip together for years. And oh, so you—that
0: was my first question—is it or my next question? You guys knew each other.
1: You guys. So met. we, yeah. So actually, through the guiding that I did before, I um, I had actually met his father. He was a client of mine, and he would always tell me when he when I was birding with him that I had to meet his son because he was really similar to me. And then we happened to cross paths in an airport one time and uh, and sort of connected. And from there, decided that we wanted to set up like a, a road trip together just to look for reptiles and birds and do some photography. But at the time, I wasn't even doing filmmaking. And so we, uh, we had scheduled this trip. And then it was like right at the beginning of 2020 and COVID knocked that idea down and so we weren't able to follow through with it but then by the time um i was back in australia and, and able to do it we uh i guess everything was starting to to calm down a little bit and i had just finished making my first film and so it was a perfect opportunity to jump in and and make a film with him
0: so then there, there so he's going on this is it a tour or like how do you describe like what he what he's doing
1: No, so essentially what Etienne does is he picks a couple of target species that he wants to photograph, and he really designs his trips around that. So I actually went up and spent three months with him, and we planned probably four or five different trips together, and so we would go out for two to three weeks at a time, camping in really remote locations, and... Um, and going after whatever our target animals were. So, I mean, the ones that are featured in the film are the freshwater crocodiles yep. and some of the more rare turtle species up in the Northern Territory. And then also golden finches and hooded parrots were another big theme. And that was where all the bird footage came from. Um, so really though, like we packed differently for different targets and um and really planned accordingly and just focused on, on photographing and filming those, those individual species.
0: So you're, you're talking about uh, in the blog interview, and you basically said it was like the reason that his photography, you're talking about his photography and you're shooting his photography and you're sh- it's sort of like a film within a film, or I don't know how you describe it. It's pretty, pretty amazing, but you're, you're talking about his uh, his photography stands out cause it's threefold. Cause he's got the, he's an amazing underwater photographer and nobody's kind of really doing it. And it's very dangerous of course. Right. And, uh, and he's basically, he's also, I'm paraphrasing what you're saying, but he basically, he's saying he's like representing largely unseen, little known kind of sections of the wildlife. So certain wildlife or certain animals get more attention than what he's, he's shooting. And then, um, obviously basically that, and his, his range of photography, you said the threefold is that it's basically, it's like, uh, it's uh it's critical to, per, to per, the the preservation of the of uh, northern australia's beauty i guess and he's showing basically to sum it all up he's showing things that nobody else is doing i guess right and, and he's doing it in a beautiful yeah. way
1: yeah totally so basically what what inspires me to make or what inspired me to make this film and also the first film that i made is really other people's connections with nature i i really think that um one person's passion for something can inspire a passion in other people. And so what I really wanted to do with this film with Etienne is, is showcase his passion for photography and for the wildlife in the Northern territory and, and sort of use that as a way to get people to care more and and to think more about conservation because they actually are interested in the wildlife or because, they they're inspired by how beautiful the footage or photography that that he's doing is um and yeah so that that was really the inspiration for for me doing it but yeah so Etienne's photography like it's it's pretty interesting stuff because he really specializes in the underwater yeah aquatic reptiles and so there there really isn't anybody else doing that and as you mentioned it, it can be quite dangerous especially up in the Northern Territory, Um, there's the two species of crocodiles Mm. that are mentioned in the film. And the estuarine crocodiles or saltwater crocodiles are incredibly dangerous, and they can really be anywhere. So a big part of, of the filming was making sure that we, well, to the best of our ability, that we were being as safe as we possibly could be and but, you're getting
0: pretty close i know you're losing some longer lenses but uh you're getting pretty close to these crocodiles
1: well yeah underwater. with the underwater stuff we uh the lenses are generally wide angle so we actually are getting right up close so okay anytime that you're seeing a shot of like a headshot of a crocodile we're no more than a few inches from its so face.
0: Then you basically you guys are crazy then that's basically <laughs> what i
1: just heard yeah <laughs> <laughs> well at the end crazy and he yeah. got He turned me crazy.
0: (laughs) So but his wife is part of it too, right? Part of the madness. Yeah. His wife. I called madness brilliance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she's actually Canadian as well. It's funny. He's from the UK. She's Canadian. I'm American. And uh (laughs) we all teamed up to make a film in Australia. Australia. Yeah. In in via New Zealand, I guess, right? So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh She is a really cool person as well. And she does a lot of the, she sort of handles a lot of the business side of things. So Etienne is really uh, on the, doing the most of the photography. um, But she's really assisting with, you know, everything as far as trip preparation um, and then also in the sales of their photos and whatnot. But gotcha. she gets involved as well, you know. She's really good at finding things, so we would all swim around together, and she was often the one picking out crocodiles and.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to pick. Uh, so it's, you're so you're down in the water. So you're you're shooting amazing footage in the water as well. So you're yeah. like it's sort of like the order to get him shooting. You're up to be down there yourself shooting the the crocodiles and the turtles too, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I was down there just as much as he was um and it's an interesting thing trying to film somebody else photograph because if you're trying to get footage of of the animal itself like I wanted to give him priority because you know he was working right so I wanted him to get good shots but most of these animals only give you one chance and so I'm trying to find the best angle to to capture him also capturing yeah the animal. Um, and to make it a little bit trickier is we were free diving the whole time. So that means that we were holding our breath for the duration of any clips that we were taking. Wow. Underwater. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah.
0: Okay. So you yeah. can only go down there for like, what, 40 seconds to a minute, I guess.
1: Yeah. Depending on how deep we go, I, sometimes at the deepest, we were getting down to probably 15 meters where we were yeah. filming some of these crocs and, um, And so at that point, by the time you get down there set up, you only have like, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 seconds left of air to actually get the shot. Uh, So it it can be really challenging.
0: And you got to focus. Everything's got to be in focus too, right?
1: Yeah. You got to get the focus. You got to stabilize. You've got to set up, get in the right position. And if you've had a long swim down, it can be pretty tricky. And on top of that, a lot of times where we would find the crocodiles was like, say it was 10 meters below the surface and they're often in like a little crevice or yeah. sitting in uh, beneath some rocks. And, um, but the water is extremely murky. So you can't see them from the surface. So we would have to dive down and re-find it every time that we were yeah. going <laughs> to try and get so footage.
0: If, if only crocodile, only these crocodiles could talk and they're like, who the fuck
1: are these guys? Like part of my <laughs> yeah. friends,
0: like, what the hell are they doing? Are they crazy? I'm going to kill them.
1: yeah totally and they get they it's funny they're actually i mean they would usually put up with us for maybe two or three dives and then they would get pretty annoyed annoyed and take off and sometimes they give you an indication that they're getting annoyed and at that point we just have to listen to it and and back off (laughs) um depending on the size of the crop. Okay.
0: Out. So you're, was this always set to be like a short film, like a 27 minute film? Like, did you, when you're, before you started with them, did you kind of have an idea of like what story you wanted to tell?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I didn't know how long it was going to be, but I did plan on it being a short film. I was actually thinking more around 10, 10 to 15 minutes than 25, but um, I, they just had so much, interesting information i felt like i had to include in there and i wanted to include the diversity of work that they did as well and so that was sort of what extended the length out but um yeah going into it i actually had a different idea for what i wanted to do and and it sort of evolved and changed throughout the throughout the process also a lot of our plans were really um <laughs> upended by covid as well because in Australia, they were there were really strict lockdowns whenever yeah. there was COVID cases in, in a given territory or state. And um so even even before starting the film, I I had planned I had packed my car, planned up, like planned this big road trip up there. And we were going to start in June and three days before the uh before I was gonna leave, we had one COVID case in Melbourne, which put the whole stay into lockdown, and, uh, and all the borders to any other states were closed. So I ended up having to fly up instead, quarantine in state-sanctioned quarantine up in Darwin for two weeks, and then I got out of quarantine and got to Etienne's house and that was literally the first case they had in Darwin was that day that I got out of quarantine. So we went back into lockdown for another two weeks. And so by the time we actually got out um, to the Kimberley where we were doing a lot of our filming, we um, it, the water quality had really diminished. Um, it really wasn't ideal timing anymore. And so that, that made it a lot trickier and really limited our ability um to to capture a lot of the footage that we wanted to
0: and then okay, then you do the crocodiles and the turtles and then you kind of segue to the birds which is like yeah. kind of like a 180 in photography I guess or and even <laughs> yeah. in safety I guess too right <laughs> totally yeah and it's such a it's such a like meticulous process where you have to like I guess it's a lot of patience involved in getting the right shots and the in the right kind of the birds yeah. to kind of like do what you know do
1: something, yeah. I guess, right? Absolutely. It was actually quite a saga trying to get those goldian finches, yeah. because again, being delayed in our in our start time, um, it it was just sort of a different season that's more difficult to work in, and because of that, <laughs> we spent probably cumulatively we probably a month and a half of our time was spent just trying to photograph goldian finches and. They were really tricky to track down. And so there's a little bit of footage in there where um, you can see that we have hides set up in, in the water and we would sit in those hides starting at probably 4.30 in the morning. We would get a, get there before it gets light and we would stay until, until afternoon and then come back in the evening and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of time sitting in the hides. And it it can be really frustrating because a lot of times you'll you know you can only set it up facing one direction and you've got basically one spot that you are hoping. The then they, they, turn they, then they
0: turn around and they're right
1: behind you, I guess. Right? Yeah, and then they land on top of your hide or <laughs> right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's a, yeah, it's
0: patience and instincts, I guess, are a big part of it. So
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Amazing stuff. I hope this film's doing well for you. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of an amazing film. It's like this in like showing this character. Like you, you don't show nature. You're showing a person who's dedicating his life to nature as well, right? So it's kind of like I said. It's almost like two movies in one. Where like
1: yeah, totally
0: yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean,
1: that that was the thing. It was supposed to be sort of a, a little biopic on Etienne and his wife, but also a message for conservation. Yeah. And the freshwater ecosystems are incredibly important up in the Northern Territory and really unique in that they're largely there's not much agriculture, there's not much development. Um, and most of those waterways are continuous from the headwaters down to the estuaries. So really special place um that hopefully we can protect for, for a long time. And I just wanted to help encourage that.
0: So what did you think about, we send the audience to you and the audience feedback. What did you think about what they had to say about your film?
1: That was awesome. It was really great because I actually haven't uh, had the opportunity to, I, even with my last film, a lot of film festivals have gone virtual or, um, or I just haven't been able to get out to them. And so I've never actually seen it. I've never seen either of my films screened in person and so I've never been able to get that direct feedback from from the audience and it was really interesting to hear what people had to say I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's a people I'm hope the film like I said I hope the film's doing well. It's it's like uh, and you're able to get get it seen cuz it would be look, yeah. look look amazing on a nice kind of like professional projector your film.
1: Yeah, totally. I I would love to get it out more. I mean I only just recently started putting entering it into festivals and and it is doing well. It's it, it's won a couple of awards and it's in a few festivals. And but yeah, I'm hoping to to get it out even more because it is a really, really interesting topic. And I think that Etienne and Kara do really amazing work and they're really photographing some of the rarest and most unique creatures on the planet. And so I I just want as many people to be able to see that and appreciate it as possible.
0: And you said in the blog interview that you want to, you want to direct another film, of course, but then you want but you want to get involved with a larger team, I guess, like kind of like learn more from like on, on, on more professionals, I guess, learn your craft a little bit better.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, as I said, I'm totally new to this <laughs> whole industry and everything that I ha- have learned, I, I, learned through YouTube and, <laughs> and just teaching myself online. And so I would love to, yeah, to get a little bit more um, insight into the industry. I mean, for example, even when it comes to this side of things, I, I'm pretty clueless with regards to promotion and how to get my film out there and on the product producing side of things and doing it all as a one man show is interesting but it's it's a ton of work and i would love to really focus in on on some of the things that i'm good at and gotcha
0: yeah that makes a lot yeah. of sense yeah well, yeah that makes a total uh, sense well congratulations on this film like you, you did some like i said it's really cool the way way you like uh guy shot it and i'm assuming etienne's doing well him and his wife are doing well with yeah the, totally. the photographs they did they took
1: yep and at the end of the film they said uh the at the very end, I think the last line is Etienne says we should move out here and uh and and then Kara laughs about it. But um it's funny because now they have bought a property out there and moved out into Alice Springs in the middle of nowhere. So Oh wow. Really well.
0: <laughs> I figure they want to go out and see the rest of the of the of of, of, the, of the world and, and basically go like to Africa and, and uh even like yeah. to to like the in the, the Antarctica who knows right
1: totally yeah it's it's pretty cool they have done a lot of that um they've done a lot of traveling I mean that was how Etienne and I originally connected but it, it was cool to see how passionate they were about the northern territory and the specific place that they are and I think they just they really care about it and Whilst they love to travel, they they really want to promote the ecosystems that they have there and do their best to protect them. So, yeah.
0: but also too, American hooks up with the Canadian. Australia is the place. It's like kind of like in the middle, right? Like it's- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's the compromised uh, country, right? So one one wants to live in Canada, one lives in the states. They live in they live in Australia. So
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense.
0: All right, let's talk again when you make your next film. I really, I think you should. I think you're you're on your way. It's pretty fantastic what you shot here, so and you told a
1: cohesive story as well. So, awesome! Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, talk soon.
0: One, two, three, four, five.